travel. What do you think of when you hear that word? Exotic locations, adventure, different cultures? Or maybe it's the beaches of the world or great food and history? We all conjure up something different and I think in our inner self we have the desire to explore new places and exciting locations. Hola and bienvenido. This is Gail Turner-Brown, your host of the Monetize Your Travel Show. I am coming to you from the beautiful city of Medellin, Colombia, the city of eternal spring. My goal for the show is to share with you the people, places, and stories of those who are exploring the world on their terms and still maintaining their lifestyle by discovering ways of monetizing their adventures. Fewer than 16% of the U.S. population owns a passport. Even fewer African Americans do. However, some have discovered a world outside of the U.S. This is a special series where we bring to you their stories and experiences of what they've discovered about racism, culture shock, and themselves while traveling abroad and hopefully it will bring you some insight into the myths and the realities of traveling the world while black. In this episode, I talked to Carol Copeland Thomas, diversity coach, travel and tour organizer, and all around phenomenal woman who has an extensive travel background. She provides opportunities to those who want to experience the world in places that are off the beaten path. She is a wealth of knowledge, and I believe you'll find our conversation quite enlightening. This episode is extra special because I have as my co-host, Ms. Azaria Cassells, 10-year-old future world traveler, who had some definite questions that she wanted to have answered. First of all, my special co-host is Miss Azaria Cassell. She is 10 years old. She lives in South Carolina. She loves arts and crafts, as well as reading. She is phenomenal. She also happens to be my granddaughter and she is planning to travel to France. So I want to everybody to welcome Miss Azaria as my special co-host today. Thank you, Azaria, for being here. Hey, everybody, what's up? <laughs> So, yeah, so, and you guys will get to hear a little bit more from Azaria as she helps me to interview my really special guest. So, as I started thinking about this particular topic, I was like, oh my God, who can I find? What are the people that I can find that I, one, totally respect, and I know who are traveling, in-depth travelers, okay? We're not talking about... We're not talking about just somebody who wants to just travel and just kind of go dip their toe in the water. We're nope. talking about people 
who are really into the travel experience. And so as I started thinking about that, I thought, okay, I know one person in particular. So Ms. Carol Copeland Thomas, I know she owns a travel company. She takes people on all of these exotic travel, uh, I want to go on experiences. That's what they are. They're not vacations, they're experiences. And I wanted you to hear from the best. I know she's also a coach. She has so many hats that she wears. And I, and let me tell you, you guys are going to love her voice, if nothing else. She's a podcaster. <laughs> she's just a phenomenal woman. So I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Miss Carol, for being here. Really Thank you. It. Thank you so much, Gail. It's a pleasure to be on your show, to reconnect with you, and to <laughs> meet your lovely granddaughter, Zaria. Boy, what a coach host you have that's a coup that's right right, man that's right you know me man nothing but the best there you go so yeah so as always we always like to start from the beginning Mm -hmm. and um and i hadn't really got a chance to really talk to you about this aspect of your life so how did you start your travel experience how did you get into going all over the world Travel has, thanks again for having me on your show. Um, Travel has always been a part of my family. So if I look at even Azaria at 10 years old, at 10 years old, my father had been in Africa for uh, about three years. And he would then go on to remain in Africa for 20 years, first starting a business with uh, several gentlemen, you've probably heard of Pearl Clegg, the great black uh, poet. Well, her father was one of my father's business partners. And these were pioneering black men in the late 50s, realizing that there were um, opportunities to pursue in Africa because many of the African countries were becoming free. Uh, First was Ghana in 1957. Uh, We're broadcasting this uh, today, July 5th, actually is the anniversary of Cape Verde winning their independence in 1975. My son-in-law is Cape Verdean, so that's why I know that connection. So when you look at at just the connection between Africa, the independence of the countries and Blacks in the 50s who were uh, looking to Africa, um, I, I look at it that way. Even Dr. King won his Nobel Peace Prize. When he went to Oslo, Norway, he used a black travel agency, Henderson Travel, to get from Atlanta to Oslo. And um, uh, Freddie Henderson, who is long gone, but her memory is still here, her travel company is still around, uh, was the leading person taking people to Africa. So when I took my first trip to Africa, finally in 2005, um, we in part used part of her company, her daughter and uh, daughter now runs the business uh, in Maryland, I believe. Um, she was responsible for getting us to, um, uh, to Africa. But our main travel co- cohort was a black woman who recently passed away, Sarah Clater, Sarah Tours, was a real role model for me. She took people all over the world. So I've seen black people my whole life practically travel or having some concept of travel. And it's interesting that you would mention this because I just went back in my head and just pulled that up. So I'm very fortunate to say that 
because of my family and because of people I've known, the Abernathy's who were the close associates with Dr. King were my friends. Dr. Abernathy has passed on, but Juanita Abernathy is a dear family friend. So I've been around people and seen how some black people have traveled for a long, long time. Even going back to Howard Thurman, who was a great theologian, he traveled and met with Gandhi way back, you know, decades ago. And now people study him. I have a very good friend who was doing a very important documentary on him. So, you know, introducing uh, travel from a theological point of view is something that we can study. He actually traveled and, and met with Gandhi before Martin Luther King did. So um, travel is something that, that we, we're African people. So <laughs> we've traveled. I mean, we, we, we've traveled continents. We've traveled on ships, obviously, uh, with middle passages. So travel has always been a part of who we are. The great migration from the South, South Carolina, South Carolina, parts of the South to the North, coming up to Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Massachusetts, where I live, um, that's travel. So black right. people and travel, that sort of coincides with our existence on the planet. Okay. All right. That's see, a long answer. But. I know. But see, she's just always such a wealth of information, man. Y'all learned some history. I know I learned it because I yeah, did not know. History lesson. Woo. History lesson. <laughs> yes. Miss Carol. Yes. How many places have you traveled? I mean, I've traveled a lot, but I don't think I've traveled as much as you. So how many places have you traveled to? Oh, I've probably gone to about 15 countries so far. Wow. And I've spoken in, um, I've spoken in Kenya, South Africa, um, India, England, Australia, Canada, El Salvador. I've spoken in seven countries. Mm. Wow. <laughs> okay. Seven of the fifteen. I haven't even left the United States yet. Well, that, you know, that's that's why travel is something that you put on your bucket list and you just sort of check it off one at a time. Okay. okay. Yeah. For for recent day, one of the things I know for sure is, in general, Americans don't travel outside of the country. I think. I think I was told something like 16% of Americans have passports. Yeah, it's a little higher than that, but it's still disgraceful. It's very low, right. Yeah. So if that's the general uh, the way it is for America mm -hmm. at large, we know it's even far less than that for African Americans. Mm -hmm. Why do you think there are few, so few African Americans that do travel outside of the country? Well, you just put your finger on it. Uh, America has established itself for a long time from an isolationist perspective, politically, uh, et cetera. Um, we forget, you know, I'm a diversity professional, so that's my mainstay. And we forget that we represent only 5% of the world's population. The rest of the world lives elsewhere. So you look at the 7.3 billion people on the planet, we're about 330 million people. That's about 5% of the population. <clears throat> so we forget we have this false sense of, of abundance, that we are everything, and that's, that there's nothing to really compare ourselves to when we're actually just 
So we're, we're small compared to some other countries. Indonesia, 100 million people. Um, you have uh, India, you know, 1.1 or 2 billion people. China, a little bit higher. So you have other countries, you know, with huge populations and, um, you know, lots of other socioeconomic dynamics that take place. So America, I go back historically, has had this... Um, this isolationist mentality that has been manifested politically. We certainly definitely see it today with what's going on today. And so there is a tendency for people to travel to the familiar and the familiar is inside of the United States or the Caribbean islands or maybe Canada or Mexico that we beat up all the time politically, but people, you know, Americans go to Mexico, Cancun, et cetera. Those places tend to be familiar, safe, and then cruises, as you've said, you know, but those are basically cruises uh, around the, uh, the Caribbean. So those tend to be safe places and there is less, and because geographically of how we're positioned, we only have two countries that we border there's less of a an interest in moving beyond those two border countries and maybe the the islands that surround it so that's um you know that's our dilemma and and it becomes increasingly a dilemma because so many people either come to the united states or know about the us more so than us knowing about them, about them. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah exactly up okay okay miss carol <laughs> so have you traveled a lot or do you always bring people with you? That's a great question. I've done both. So for work, I've traveled as far as Australia by myself. Wow. I've actually, no, I've traveled to South Africa and Australia by myself. And then the other places, uh, no, I've, I've been to El Salvador by myself. I actually, you love this Azalea, Azaria. Azaria. When I, uh, uh, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, 2006, so 12 years ago, right before my daughter got married, and um, her daughter is now 10 years old, I went to El Salvador, worked in El Salvador, and had a wonderful time, met great people, met young people, I spoke there, and I met young people a little older than you, they were in graduate school, and I had my white Mac laptop with me, working away. I was in a beautiful business college. People think that everything in El Salvador is devastation. It's not. They have beautiful parts of El Salvador. And so beautiful. Yep. So I was on this campus, on this college campus, and young people were presenting. And guess what they introduced to me and everybody else I had not heard of? YouTube. Oh, really? YouTube. I had had no, they introduced me to YouTube in El Salvador. I had never, yes, I had never heard of YouTube. And now, gosh, we all use it so much. So my point is, I traveled there alone. I came back safely, but I learned from young people who taught me about a social media platform I had not heard about. So there's so much to learn. Let me also share with both you, Azaria, and, and Gail. You can go to developing nations, and yes, you can read all the stats and, and you can see the difficulties that they have, but many of the people who live outside of the United States are more tech savvy than we are. I've just given you that example. 
Another example is the young man that I ultimately adopted and sent through uh, uh, high school with a friend of mine when we visited Kenya, and he's now running a small construction company. But when I met him back in 2005, <clears throat> I asked him a couple of questions, and even though he didn't have the modern conveniences that we have here, he had an email address that he very quickly gave me. And so for a long time, we communicated via email because he was able to go to a cyber cafe and take care of all of his communication responsibilities. So you learn a lot when you travel outside of the US. You don't get caught up in the stereotypes that you just see on television or whatever. You meet people directly, they meet you, and you also dispel their stereotypes about you being a black woman traveling alone. Right. This is, this is good because actually, I'm so glad you mentioned this because it, it kind of leads me into, I'm going to do a, a, a two questions in one. Okay. Uh, so first of all, what, because um, another question that I get asked and that I've seen asked a lot is about racism outside of the U.S. You know, what is that like? Because I know that's one of the things that concerns some African-Americans because we're so accustomed to it here. It's like, it must be like that everywhere. So that's, that's number one. Number two is what country have you been to that it has most surprised you, like when you initially was gonna, were gonna, planning to go, you thought one thing because of either media or as you said, stereotype. But when you got there, it's like, oh my God, this is nothing like ice. It's totally different than what you expected. Right, right. So talk about both of those things. Um, yeah, racism is everywhere, but it, 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 it is, you, 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 you feel it differently. I, I would say that you're treated first as an American, that people see you as an American. That's what, that's what they see. They see your passport, you get into a country, people interact with you. I've walked down the street, been at, at markets, and, and you hear them say Americans. So that is the first perception, I would say before race, which sounds interesting. So the, the nationalism or the, the national identity is what people see first and then they see your race second. Now, I'm not going to say that you don't feel some sense of, 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 of racism and, and because you, you do and it, it impacts you uh, in, in many ways, but, but from what I've been through in, in, the in the travels that I've been on, the trips that I've been on, I have not, with one or two exceptions, been overtly discriminated against. And I say that because I am an American and that, that's what they see first. Now, I had a recent incident, and I'll, this answers your second question too. Um, the most fascinating country for me outside of going to the motherland and just embracing Africa is India. And I've been to India now five times. I'm going my sixth time next February. Um, I, I just fell in love with India. I, I, it just, it just, it grabbed me. <laughs> she, guessed that, she guessed that your favorite place would be India. 
Uh, really? Yeah. I, I just, uh, this past weekend, very dear friend of mine who has traveled to India three times with me, married, got married and had a, pretty much an Indian wedding. We got outfits made over there. She That's was an absolutely cool. beautiful bride. Second marriage for her. She's my age. Her husband had Indian garb on and we're both, you know, we're all African-American. Um, so yeah, India is so complex and so many dynamics, but I, I, that country I'm, I'm in love with because there's so much more for me to learn and there's so much more for me to do and um, um, uh, to see. Now, I had an unfortunate situation this last trip when I traveled to um, North India and I was, we had gone to, where were we? We had gone to the Taj Mahal that morning and we were at a village in Agra, which is where the Taj Mahal is located. We went to this wonderful village where, I mean, they were, th this was a village. This is where people lived like the people live in villages. And I was, I had my camera and I'm just snapping pictures. And so I was with a couple of my travelers, one of my travelers. And so when we got back to the hotel, she said, did you hear what they said? These were some young men <clears throat> who were in the village. As we passed by them, they looked up and they said, oh, there go some ends. And they used the N word. And I, you know, I was infuriated. So the next day I told the guide and I you know, reported it to the company. Um, that's, that's, that's one incident in Rude. many encounters. And they were very apologetic. The guide said, you know, please, I'm so sorry that happened. Those, they're ignorant, you know, that they just, they don't know any better. And so they, they sort of passed it off that way. Mm. Fortunately, because I had so many great experiences with so many Indian people, I, I didn't, um, it didn't discount my interest for the country. Now, yeah. part of that, and I, I say that because Part of it is when you travel, particularly in India and, and parts of Africa, there is a skin color concept. Right. So lighter skinned people are perceived more highly so than darker skinned people. Not right. just in, it's bad in India, it's really bad, but it's, it is also in Africa. And I remember my dad telling my mother, I don't remember this, but my mother telling me about my dad, this, my parents divorced, so I never had a chance to go over when he was there. But as we were preparing to go over at one point, and then ended up not going because my grandfather passed away, we had all the shots and all that stuff. He, he said, you know, told my mother, be prepared for you're going to be treated differently than, than me, because my mother was my color. And there is a skin color dynamic in Ghana. Right. that I want you to be aware of. And okay. so, and it exists today. I know it exists in Kenya. So you, you have skin color dynamics that exist all over the world that impact you as a, as a, as a black person. So right. you have those kind of things. And sometimes they're subtle and sometimes they're not. Right. So it, ju it just depends. Right. I could yes. go on and on and on. And on. I know you could. <laughs> <laughs> My turn. So, um, have you made, because, you know, Grandma, she was telling me about when she was in California or when she was visiting other places, she would like to get to know people and talk to them and make friends with them. So, in that case, have you made friends with people in other countries or states or? 
Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, I'll give you an example. This goes way back, Azaria. Way back before you were born in the early 90s, in 1991, Dang. I worked and traveled and went to Australia. That was one of the trips where I jumped on the airplane and, and um, took off and went all the way to Los Angeles and then went to Sydney, Australia. That was my first like long haul 12 hour trip. I love long haul trips just because you have a chance to decompress and just get ready for the next adventure. You also get so, to see all the sights. <laughs> Beautiful, just from afar. You look, you look down, there you go. Yeah, that's right. That's true. So in Sydney, which is the, that's the cap. No, no, it's not the capital. It's, it's the famous city in Australia. Right. Um, Canberra is the capital of Australia. But in Sydney, uh, two things I experienced. Number one is that I was, I was teaching a public seminar course and we broke for lunch. I was married at that time and I, we were in a Masonic building. Believe me, we were in this Masonic building. I think, yeah, we were there. And um, I ended up talking with like the, the building manager or whatever. And I was married and I said, oh, you know, my husband is a Mason. And everything changed everything they brought out the china <laughs> they <laughs> fed me <laughs> they treated me like royalty because my husband was a mason and masons no matter what color all over the world they just they embrace each other the same way and right. their their spouses so that was one incident in sydney the other was i wanted to find i wanted to meet aboriginal people because right. I knew that they were there and I, I wanted to just be with them and, and just meet them. So I jumped on the, the tr public uh, bus system or whatever and went over to the Redfern District uh, in Sydney, walked into a building and said, hi, I'm Carol Copeland Thomas. I'm from the U.S. I want to meet you guys. And they just took me in. <laughs> they took me in. They took me to the Glee bookstore because I love books. And that's oh. where they had a lot of, you like books too, don't you, Azaria? Books are yes. amazing. And my granddaughter loves books also. <laughs> and so they, they, they showed me there. And I think I may have gotten one or two books uh, about Aboriginal people. Sally Morgan was a, a big writer at that time. And they brought me back. They gave me posters that are on my wall today. And so, Zaria, that's where you, if, if you present yourself honestly with credibility, people read that and they will welcome you with open arms. Right. And, and that's, that's everywhere you go in the world, no matter who you happen to be. If you, if you present yourself and you have respect for them, you'll meet friends everywhere. Right. And, you know, that's, that's really, I'm so glad you said that because one of the things that I learned, and again, I was just in California, right? Yeah. So I hadn't even left, but mm -hmm. California, just like DC and, and Massachusetts and, and New York, you're like all over the world just mm -hmm. from being there. True. And one of the things I found, um, and I found this from my, my international travels in general, there's a couple of things. One, if you go with the expectation that, everybody's going to be cool with you that if you don't bring your your baggage that you have from the states mm -hmm. into the next country and you go with an open expectation and like you said a level of respect for the culture that you may be participating in 
you'll you'll be fine. Right. The other thing that I, because I used to do this every time I would travel, and I did this when I was in California, because I was in a house that was, um, they were Vietnamese. I, it was a China, I was in a Chinese home, and I was in a Vietnamese home. Mm-hmm. First thing I did was I'm like, how do you say hello and thank you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in that other language. I would normally try to do hello, thank you. It was three three phrases I used to always try to make sure I, I understood. Yep. Those were the two. At, le- mm-hmm. at least hello and thank you. Right. And um and so I, I learned I learned like two words in uh, Mandarin, you know. Yeah, I'm like, okay, and right. And so when 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 they find that you are attempting to understand them, they're like one totally open. They find it fabulous. Exactly. That it's like, oh, and that's again, and that's another connection. Yep. Because one of the things I did see as I travel, and it just drives me nuts, is <laughs> it's interesting. Americans, this is, this is a generalization. Mm-hmm. Americans will go to another country and expect the people in that other country to act like to, them. Yes. To act like exactly. And they will expect to get the exact same they, food yes. that they get back in, in Compton. Exactly. <laughs> or, or the, the exact same service. Boston. Yes. Or the same thing with the, the service. You yeah. know, because in other countries, first of all, all depending on what country you're in, we're, they're not as spastic as we are. I uh-huh. mean, you know, I mean, you go to, especially, you know, you go to Spain or Portugal or England. First of all, they have a whole set aside but chill out, you know, whether you right. are at tea, right. whether you are at, you know, siesta, but, mm-hmm. but oftentimes their pace is slower. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Americans are getting all ticked off oh, because yes. it's like, we want it now. Yeah. And so that's the other thing that I've, that I discovered is right. like if you meet them where they are, mm-hmm. then, then you have less of a chance that there being anything negative that mm-hmm. does occur. And, um, and what you're also going to find in many countries is the service that you get, the customer service that you get is 10 times better than you yes. get in the United States. Yes. 10 times. I said yes. it 10 yes. times. Yes. Uh, yeah. A- absolutely. Can you ask yeah. a question? Yeah, no, go ahead. See? <laughs> okay. Have you, what's your favorite country you visited and why? We, you taught us India and you told us why but maybe you can give us like some Indian history that you may have learned while you were there oh my goodness well Indian history goes back more than 5,000 years yeah more than 5,000 years and Azaria you like what, what's your favorite subject in school I my favorite subjects would be social studies science and reading Mm, okay. Well, since you like reading and science, you'll be pleasantly surprised to know that some of the greatest mathematicians in history came from India. And India was also responsible in part for the digit zero. It wasn't necessarily invented in India, but it was cultivated to the point with the mathematicians where they used zero in their calculations. And I've been to Jaipur. um, And in Jaipur, that's the northern city in India. 
and I've gone to a famous um, planetarium. I think it's a planetarium <clears throat> where they have um, solar dials and uh, just amazing structures <clears throat> all based on the sun, the configuration of the sun, and how things are um, factored in in terms of the sun. It's, a, it's an amazing place. And you know when it was, it was created and, and constructed, uh, Azaria? Where? About, it was constructed about 400 years ago. Wow. <laughs> Three or 400 years ago in the 1700s. So in the 1700s, 300 years wow. ago. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That is... so, so that's a lot of stuff you're not probably learning in school. But when you think of India, you think of culture, you think of their textiles, how uh, beautifully decorated they are, but they have a very rich history that goes way, way back. And the Taj Mahal that I've now seen twice, well, the outside of the Taj Mahal, the stones are made of real jewels. So they're embedded in the walls of the Taj Mahal, which is really a mausoleum <clears throat> for a famous Mughal em emperor. One of his wives died, his favorite wife died, and he constructed this beautiful building for her in her honor. So they're both buried there now, but yeah. Wow, that's, that's, <laughs> that is, that's really cool. Hey Gigi. Yes. Well, we know where her favorite country is. Don't you think we should know what, what her least favorite was? I think that's a great <laughs> idea. What's your least favorite country? <laughs> I, that, that's a good question. I haven't been to enough countries to have a least favorite one because I look at them all separately and, and differently. So... Um, I really can't think of one, but I'll I tell you, um, and this is not, it's not my worst at all. South Africa, because of what they've been through, just their political history, the history right. of apartheid, that troubles me. Right. Yeah. That really troubles me. Yeah. Now, my children, when they were your age, they actually sang for Nelson Mandela. When he, came, when he came to Boston in 1990, he and Winnie Mandela, um, they sang for her along with other kids. Um, and it was a spectacular time when he was recent, when he was released from prison. Um, I have since in 2009, when I went to South Africa, lo and behold, the hotel where I was staying in walks Winnie Mandela. And I explained to her that I had met her, you know, years ago, we embraced, took a picture, her granddaughter called my son from Paris at some point, because they were friends. And it was just uh, quite interesting. So just thinking about the history of South Africa and what those people had gone through, and the horrific circumstances of apartheid going to Nelson Mandela's prison cell. In Robben Island, I've been right. there. It, it just, it brings tears to your eyes. And then meeting wow. uh, uh, Afrikaners at this conference that I attended and just looking at them and, you know, just trying to see it from their perspective and not seeing it from their perspective. Right. <laughs> just, that's, 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 yeah. That's so that, sad. 
Mm. Yeah, mm. it is. So, <laughs> so okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do so because we're gonna I'm gonna wind this down. So Azaria, I know you had a specific question that you wanted to ask Miss Carol about oh, yeah. children. So, children. As yeah, children. So as you know, child like me, I like to travel. I mainly travel within the U.S. I've never left the U.S. before. I like my mom. So anyway, um, you you have a travel company, and I was wondering if you've ever taken any children with you on your travels. And if you have not, is it something you're planning on doing? Because I know a lot of kids. Well, I know that a lot of kids, not like I know them, but they would probably have so much fun learning about the history of wherever you're taking them. It's probably going to be awesome. So. Well, that's a great question, Azaria. I uh, trained at the International Guide Academy a couple of years ago. I'm a certified um, international tour manager, and that put me in touch with uh, wholesale companies, tour companies, where they specialize in students. So student travel is big. It's really big. I have not done a, uh, a group tour with students, but I've taken some of my travelers have taken their daughters with them. So we my some of my Indian trips, I've had mother daughter combinations more than once. So that counts. So yeah, so so from that perspective, that is fun. And it's great to see mothers and daughters, grandmothers and daughters or dad or, or sons and fathers to travel on these trips. But but student travel is big. Student travel can encompass you going to the United States different places and definitely going outside of the u.s so i would encourage you to travel travel is, as much as you as you can that is super awesome i really <laughs> really like that yes. yeah yeah so, so this is a question mostly responding to me okay because like i said before i've never left i've never left the u.s in my entire life so have you ever traveled, like, do you only travel big, big outside of the country? Or do sometimes do you travel into the country, like you're traveling to Texas, or you go to Iowa, like me, for, I went for OM State World Competitions. Nice. Or like California, like Gigi. Uh -huh. Have you traveled within the U.S. if you mostly just go? Oh, guess what, Azaria? <clears throat> I've been to every state in the country except five. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Every state. I've either been there or I've worked there. Okay. Every state, there are about five I've not been to. So mm. yeah, I definitely been, travel I've in the U.S. To Texas, Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. Iowa, Virginia, mm -hmm. North Carolina, mm -hmm. Georgia, mm -hmm. and Florida. Nice. Now, where's your grandma live? In Maryland? Yeah, I'm in Maryland. In Maryland? Okay. Yeah, she's in Maryland, and then my other grandma lives in South Carolina with me. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, so you're getting around. So yeah. you're 50 states. You're, you're, you're getting those numbers. So, I mean, all of those are experiences for you. All of them. Exactly. If you want to go to Paris, you'll go to Paris. Exactly. Figure out a way to go to Paris. And there are lots of youth groups and exchange programs. You may want to be an exchange student where yeah. you will go yeah, to France and then a French student will come to the United States as part of the exchange student. 
process. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's an awesome. Or that's him will take my place and I'll take his That's right. That can happen. Yeah, exactly. That can happen. Barriers in right. front of themselves, convincing themselves about why they can't travel, they can't yet they'll go out and they'll pay $150 for a pair of shoes. Yeah, oh look, oh look, this is this is the one I like I like or, to use this. Yeah, or what I like to use is um how much money they spend to get their hair did. Yeah, well, I was gonna say hair and nails, yeah. So when yes. you look at you look at the spending power of black people, we are amazing consumers. Amazing. Yes. So it's a matter of just reconfiguring your your spending patterns i can remember i wrote my my book 21 ways to bring multiculturalism to your job your home and your community in 2012 azaria and in that book i put one of my goals i said i actually have where's um i have a copy of the book here and i, I still sell this book because it's still relevant and in this book I put my goals of wanting to travel and this was written Sorry. in 2012 and I'm trying, I'm looking, ah, here we go. And I had here on, in chapter 15, plan a cultural or religious field trip. And that's on page 81. And so I go down the list about how you should go to different cultural places in your own neighborhood in your own neighborhoods. And then I talked about the importance of, I think I move on and talk about the importance of traveling outside of the US. So I have a plan in here that I had created about how I wanted to go to India at that point. Little did I realize that two years later, I would start going to India. Yeah. So sometimes you have, to, you have to dream big. We dream small, you have to dream yeah. big. Dream bigger. I dream big. I want to go to Paris, France. Yep, that's right. And and even if you even if the money doesn't all line up, the dream has to be there first. Right. And the yeah. money will follow. Exactly. Everything that ever was or is began with dream. That's right. Um, you're planning a trip, and yes. I know. So tell people about your your trip this year and if they can't participate this year what can they participate in next year i am so excited thank you so much for asking me and i'll pull out the details too <clears throat> i am taking people to kenya uh, a wonderful uh, 12 day 11 night trip to kenya and and let me tell you I, i've i've now compared the price of this trip with other tour companies and what they charge. I'm about $2,000 cheaper than the really? others. Okay. 2000 cheaper. So right. this trip includes airfare, ground transportation, hotel accommodations, about 85% of your meals, three uh, game parks, Masai Mara, which is the big wonder of the world, East and West Savo combined, making the largest game park in Kenya. You'll see all big five, we hope. The big five are there. Amazing people. You'll meet my son. You'll meet wonderful tour guides like George, <clears throat> who I've uh, been in touch with for 12 years now. It's going to be quite a trip. And so that's going to be November 4th until the 15th. You can go to MSS Travel and Tours, MSS Travel and Tours for all information. And we have a layaway plan. So you can put a deposit down and pay on it between now and October 15th. So that's one trip. The other trip is going 
back to India. And again, this will be in February during school vacation week for a lot of young people in the Massachusetts area. So we take teachers with us. <clears throat> this trip again, full airfare, hotel accommodations, uh, a beautiful experience in southern India. And then you can stay on for a slightly higher fee and go to Mumbai, which is used to be called Bombay. Uh, Bombay. Bombay right. That's the movie capital of India. Goa, beautiful seashore area. And Kerala, the state of Kerala, where a lot of Christians live. <clears throat> so it's going to be India in February and Kenya in November. Go to MSS travelandtours.com for all the details. Wow, I certainly learned a ton and hopefully you did too. I want to say again, thank you to Carol for sharing her in-depth knowledge and travel history and providing us with even more of a reason that we need to get out and see the world. Be sure to check the show notes for how you can also get in touch with Carol to find out where is her next trip and how you can participate. I also want to give a special shout out and thank you to my fabulous co-host Azaria for helping me out today. The world is waiting to be explored. Don't allow fear, skepticism, or plain ignorance to deter you from the excitement and the richness that is only a plane, boat, car, or train ride away. Do you have a travel story you'd like to share? If so, I'd love to hear about it. Just email me at monetizeyourtravel at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe like and share as I'll be uploading new episodes every week. Until then, happy travels. The world awaits.